Hey, y'all. Scotty Real. And the dude here. And we just want to shout out to our crew of listeners, growers, cannabis professionals, and recreational tokers. Otherwise known as the Dude Grows Crew. Who every week come through solid and donate their hard-earned money to produce this show. It's the support from our listeners that directly produces the Dude Grow Show and keeps the unbiased grow knowledge pumping out week after week after week, guys. You are the DGC, and there's strength in numbers. So please show us some love and help produce the next show by going to DudeGrows.com and making a small donation. Respect. Come on, brother. Let's get high and start the show. Yeah. You're listening to the Dude Grow Show, coming straight out of Denver, Colorado. Bringing you marijuana grow knowledge, news, and culture. At the tone, the time will be 4.20. Exactly. What is up, growers? Welcome to Dude Grows Show, episode 16, man. This is Dude Grows, and... Yo, 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 Scotty Real. How you doing, y'all? All right, man. Let's tell them what we're going we're gonna to bring at them today with the Grow Your Own Knowledge right out of Denver, Colorado here. Applicable to all gardens, of course, geographically. Uh, today, guys, we got, uh, I guess the highlight, Scotty, I think you'd agree, is we got a great interview with a Denver attorney that would be located, uh, he is DUI5280. Yeah, uh, man. Dot com, that is, dot com. Yeah, Jay was full on cool, uh, gave us the uh, best practices for uh, managing your shit when you get pulled over, and uh, if you get pulled over, and let's everybody knock on wood, hope it never happens, but it's good to know how to act, just to make sure you don't uh, act the fool. Yeah, I was enlightened and surprised by by some of his tips. So that's coming up, guys. Definitely worth listening to. Uh, we got, of course, plenty of grower questions. Everything from uh, we got a newbie here that's wanting to have a little bit of help with his drying slash curing and proper harvesting technique. Which, of course, nobody wants to screw that up. You've ever screwed up your harvest, dude, with the, the curing or drying? Oh heck yeah, man! I've made uh, marijuana dust before. Yeah. Uh, I remember seeing one time way back in the day, you actually uh, had some bags hanging, like these, like these type of bags that pull the humidity out of the air because you were dealing with Florida's environment, you know, versus Colorado. Mm. And I was like, damn, that's a whole different animal versus trying to dry and cure here. Oh yeah, man. I mean, you could, it's what ninety percent humidity down there. <laughs> Insane. So I think we can offer y'all some advice though that will help you wherever you're at geographically, but it is important to note uh, everywhere is a little different and depends on what type of season and what's going on with the weather on how you're going to be hanging it up to dry. Yeah, and uh, you know what? There's definitely an art to it, and there's definitely a science to if you want to get it, you know, put the cure on your weed, uh, you've got to keep a little bit of moisture in there. You cannot crinkly, you know, crispy dry it. You've got to keep a little bit of moisture in there to cure it. Heck so. no, not for that connoisseur herb where we're teaching to grow here. So. Uh, we're also going to talk about, I got a guy kind of curious about getting ready for outdoor growing. Yeah, it's, it's right around the corner guys. It's, uh, you know, mid February already. So 
you got to be ready to get everything ready to go outdoors if you're an outdoor grower. Uh, we got also what's going on in our grows. What do you got going on in your grow currently, Scotty? Oh, I've had a few hours of trimming in my grow, which is it's been a joy. But uh, just been trimming another couple of vanilla Kush plants that have been going great. And uh, honestly, uh, I hate to sound like a spoiled biatch, but I'm thinking about those auto trimmers, <laughs> starting to dream about those. Uh, Man, they've got those scissor-type auto trimmers. They've got the ones that uh, you know pinch everything off and suck it into a vacuum cleaner. I mean, there's a bunch of cool stuff out there. Yeah, I'm a little familiar with this company, Colorado company, Easy Trimming. Um, that's EasyTrimming.com, guys. I've used one of theirs and, you know, a little bit knowledgeable. We'll get an interview with them, but we'll talk a little. I always thought nothing could compete with my scissors, right? But... Like you said, man, if you know some of these guys with quite a few lights, you get really tired at looking at the flower for you know the eighth hour or the sixth day. It's like, damn, I gotta speed this up. So I understand yeah. the necessity of a trimmer. I mean, nothing can compete with scissors and 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 the care and precision of of you know a human. But I mean, maybe to do some of the rough work or something, you know, pull all the you know the heavy fan leaves off, process that and. You know, like I said, just just as a rough job, and then you can go through and, and put the finishing touches on it when you cut it off the stem. Definitely, uh, my grow guys, uh, basically did a little cleaning. You know, I had just pulled some big plants out of there, so I had some room to move, move around. We'll talk slightly about the cleanliness and how important that is in a grow. Um, also, uh, as well in my grow, I was actually doing a little drying and hanging some flowers up. So it'll be a good time to answer this grower's question. Oh, yeah. You're going to show off, what was that, a Citrix that I saw last week over there? A Citrix from Reserva Provada, Colorado, Feminized Seed. Ah, he called me up, just he invited me over just to show off the dude. <laughs> and the glass slipper, the glass slipper. That's the one we trimmed that we left the plant whole. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was the glass slipper. Yep, well, and okay. the Citrix as well. We trimmed up both, but uh, after you know hitting on your Versa pin so much, I think we kind of probably easy to forget a little bit about what was going on. Yeah, I blacked <laughs> out, and all I remember is all your bud was trimmed when we were done. <laughs> I, w- I wish it was that easy. <laughs> Just wake up, and it's done. I went dark. I guess that ties into what we're smoking today. What do you got going on, Scotty? Man, I still do have this dang Versa pen. I think I've got to give it up. You know, this thing, it's just so easy to sit around puffing on this pen all day, you know, especially when the uh, you make oil out of the garbage. You know, it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing, man. You know, that oil, you can take, a, you know, a pound of swag and get get an ounce of oil out of it. That, that'll spoil a man, so, yeah. Yeah, you had me a little spoiled for sure, man. That thing was pretty cool, a little clear bowl. You can see the vapor filling up, and, uh, man, as long as it's durable, I'm down. So I guess we have yet some uh, testing, per se, but pretty neat design yeah you know the company is uh, a local at least the the, the guy that's important them is a uh, local fort collins guy so uh customer service is top notch and you know really good you know just a really good setup there i guess i like those guys hells yeah guys we got just a little bit of news coming up here talking about the uh, driving under the influence which will tie right into that interview you have to check out um, and, uh, yeah, before I check out, I did want to mention again, man, you guys, the dude grows account is set up here. If you're a Colorado grower, all six way to grows, walk into anyone, say, Hey man, I want to hook this up, check out under the dude grows account and you will definitely get the deal on that. But yeah, that, that is definitely a good hookup, man. There's a couple people I've talked to that are, uh, pretty stoked on us, man. Cool. I'll take us out to break here, basically, guys. Um, yeah, hook that up, man. You'll enjoy the discount over there at Way to Grow on top of their 11th 
anniversary deals. That's right. They've been around 11 years. They've earned those six stores. And I'll chat them up a little because I believe in them, and I always get really good service over there for the dudes garden. Um, but basically, guys, we'll be right back here. Great show coming up. Uh, if you want to check us out on your mobile devices, I say kick it over on uh, either iTunes. Everybody knows about that for your Apple phones, Beyond Pod if you're an Android user, or just find us on the Internet. DudeGrows.com. 420 Grow Lab. That's Scotty Real site kicking. Yeah. We will be right back, guys. Get into uh, what we're smoking and tons of grow talk. All right. Sounds good. All right. This is a test of the emergency bong hit system. This is only a test. This is a test of the emergency bong hit system. The bong hitters in your area in voluntary defiance of federal, state, and local authorities have developed this system to keep you informed in the event of a bong hit emergency. If this had been an actual emergency, the attention signal you just heard would have been followed by official supply information, police scanner news, and emergency bong hitting instructions. This concludes this test of the emergency bong hit system. All right, guys, we're back with the news today. The news, uh, this is going to be good news, Scotty. We got an interview and uh, we got a story here. Uh, New York Times driving under the influence of marijuana. Oops, surprise, surprise, man. They're out to get you. Kind of surprisingly in the picture, they show a huge billboard in New York uh, of uh, marijuana. And they show a guy laying on the road holding a bottle of alcohol and then a football player laying on the ground kind of looking like he's hurt and it says marijuana safer than alcohol and football (laughs) it's a cool message man that is crazy (laughs) but uh yeah the new york times put out a pretty long article here guys just discussing um all the stuff with uh tui um and that's why finally we came through and after uh this segment we'll lead you into an interview with a local denver attorney here but let's cover some points on this article as far as uh you know they basically talk about it it really affects everybody different you know people that burn a lot have passed you know when they did studies did just fine with all the roadside testing they can get and then they said well you know the 21 year old who just smokes his first j kind of didn't do that well of course yeah. i mean absolutely <laughs> shit the first time i smoked I, I thought the room was spinning and i thought i knew everyone in the whole in the whole place you know what i mean i was, I was flipped out you know Okay. You reminded yeah. me of the audio cut of the guy locked in the closet um, on acid, and you know, his <laughs> friends record him as oh. he's talking to the closet. Something in cups, drinking out of cups. Oh, uh, we have got to tweet that one out. That is the best, man. Um, but, yeah, they go on. They say, you know, the difference between alcohol uh, and marijuana as far as driving is concerned, guys, is the studies have found typically alcohol – Makes you drive faster and makes you feel more confident, of course, where uh, the herb uh, makes people drive slower. And they reference in humor here uh, back in the day when Cheech and Chong got pulled over. I think they were going 20. three, three <laughs> miles an hour. And they show Cheech here. He's got like a doobie the size. I think that's the one they rolled out of like the dog shit that they recovered the marijuana from. But he's smoking a huge doobie. And they're going to get pulled over for going 20 because typically they said the people that, uh, you know, are out driving on marijuana are a little bit more cautious or almost too cautious, we'll say. Sure. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, yeah, it is true. When you got alcohol in your blood, everything's cool, man. You're driving along. Everything's cool. Yep, Close like eye for a minute. Everything's cool. Let's say alcohol make you run the red light. Marijuana make you slam on the brakes at the yellow light. Yeah, <laughs> man, make, you, make you a little nervous, man. Shit, they might know I'm stoned. I better drive real good. 
but I'm just tired, guys, of reading these these studies and news articles, and there's still, you know, the five nanogram law here in Colorado is horrible. I'm waiting for some science to come out, and we really need to. Uh, it's already been proven as far as uh, definitely people smoking, and they have you know, they're way over the five nanogram limit days, if not a week later. Um, and interesting enough, in here, Scotty, the uh, Colorado Department of Transportation said they've been doing some phone surveys. And they're hearing a lot of people think that DUI laws do not apply to marijuana. And then this this lady, Glenn Davis, says, and then there's always somebody who says, I drive better well high. <laughs> well, shit, let me tell you, if somebody called me over the phone and wanted to talk about pot and driving, I'd probably say the same thing. <laughs> You're like, yeah, what are you talking about, man? I thought that you were supposed to put the two together. <laughs> but guys, all all humor aside, it is serious shit, man. You definitely want to be cautious. Um and uh, you know, let's lead. Let's just lead into this interview um, because it does give some answers. It's always nice to hear an attorney's point of view. It's much uh, more legal than dude grows and Scotty reels uh, full on advice. But um, yeah, just disclaimer: neither of us are attorneys. I'm not sure <laughs> if you figured that out. Exactly. And if you want to check out this article again, it'll be in the show notes. It's the New York Times. Uh, just came out today and goes through a lot of stuff. I'm not going to talk about all the statistics and whatnot. Um, they do mention THC levels must be measured from blood or urine samples, um, which just is not good, guys. It's not a good yeah. way to do it. I mean, here's the thing is they don't even know how THC works. You know, I mean, they're, they're saying there's 300 different chemicals in it, blah, 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 blah. There's not a ton of research on, I mean, it's starting, but they don't know how it works, man. So when they go and try to just uh, figure out how it affects your, your uh, sobriety, they're just reaching, you know, absolutely reaching. And whatever they find, of course, they're going to try to find something convenient so that they can keep putting people in jail or at least keep uh, the DUI game and money-making game going. I mean, that's a big moneymaker. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think nonviolent weed offenses were a big moneymaker back in the day before we, we finally fought the good fight and got this passed, Amendment 64 passed. So now if they can't make money on nonviolent weed offenders, well, then let's, let's, let's get them while they drive. At least that's still open for us cops. You know? Oh, man. Probably yeah. what they're thinking. Yeah, there is definitely a lot of moneymakers you'll get into, especially if you don't have clean blood. Hey. So. Just just real quick, man. I mean, I, I have no problem with cops. The first time that somebody breaks into my house, I'm calling the cops and I'm asking them for help. You know, the first time I get in a car accident, I'm calling the cop to ask him for help. But there are plenty of law enforcement agencies out there that need funding from or rely on the easy pickings from nonviolent marijuana offenses. That brings in billions of dollars a year. And the fact that they can't just go around busting people for smoking a joint at a concert anymore. Uh, makes yeah. them have to have to retool and have to rethink how they're going to develop some revenue streams. It's a you know all those everybody every employee every cop is an employee and they all get paid a salary and that salary has to come from somewhere. Oh yeah, I always love the story about uh, uh, eighteen year old kid that got in trouble for uh, he was basically got in a fight, but somehow they wanted to drug test him. He consented. Um, without his parents there, even though he's 18, so it worked, where his attorney said you should have never let him test you for any drugs. And what they found, of course, was a little marijuana. So then he has to go through testing and education. And when he went to this place, and this is within the past year, they would only accept cash, would not give receipts. Father got pretty pissed off about everything, did some research, come to find one of the local uh, 
county um, DAs here was actually invested in that business that does, you know, all the testing and education. So it, it is like you're saying, Scotty, not all of it, but a, a bit of it is just a money-making thing that, yeah, not cool. It's all dirty. It's all a shit money-making business. You know, well, you don't don't get me wrong. If you, you're going to go around and pop one, two, three, four DUIs for alcohol, you, you definitely need some serious education and uh, interlock device and everything else. But getting into the herb, you know, it's 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 definitely getting to the uh, not cool level. So, guys, let's let's cut to the interview, Scotty. You down? You down? I am down, man. Let's get Jay on the line and find out what's really going on yeah enjoy guys this is some good talk with a denver attorney here and he will do some breaking down on how to not get busted and not get that marijuana dui nonsense don't be stupid rule number one don't be stupid enjoy (laughs) all right everybody back with the dude grow show as promised we have a denver attorney here scotty you back on too Absolutely, absolutely. We got Jay on the line, right? Yeah, Jay with the Tiktjin Law Firm. And what's easier than that, you guys, would just be, uh, what is it, Jay? It is 5280 DUI? Yeah, hey, this is uh, Jay Uh We're located at uh, DUI5280.com or at uh, 303DUI5280. So if you just remember DUI5280, you can always find us. Yeah, lock that lock that 303 DUI5280 number in your phone, man, just in case you need a, a friend or a friendly voice, man. Definitely, guys. You know, we've been covering these stories in the news. Um, one's always coming out. There's one out today in the New York Times. So we want to get a hold of Jay and just go over some best practices on how to avoid trouble with uh, law enforcement and, uh, yeah, basically stay out of, out of, out of issues. Sure. Well, here's let me let me tell you guys. Here here's what I have noticed in the past year. Um, obviously, in Colorado, here marijuana is now legal both recreationally and for medicinal purposes. And since this has happened, and once it became evident that it was going to happen, um, the legislatures and law enforcement have been really pushing hard to try to find other ways to uh, legislate marijuana. And one of the biggest concerns that they have is people driving under the influence of, of drugs, obviously. Um, and so have, there has been a lot more of a push in recent memory, uh, not just from uh, money that the federal government is giving Colorado to go out and enforce this, uh, but there's been additional training and there's additional officers out there who are act- actively out there looking for people who are uh, under the influence of uh, especially marijuana. Now, so now it's something to look out for. We know they've got the breathalyzer for DUI. Is there a specific tool that they're using to, uh, to, to get marijuana users? Uh, there is no roadside tool. There's no sort of breathalyzer or anything else that, that it's being used to, to give a, a little uh, preliminary analysis if someone's under the influence. Uh, if you are pulled over, if you are uh, under the influence or suspected to be under the influence of some sort of drug, um, the only test right now that's going to be offered to you is a blood test. Uh, the law allows for urine and saliva to be used, but in reality, the only test that they're using right now to look for drugs is blood. Now, no, urine- that seems... That Colorado. seems pretty dra- real quick. That seems pretty draconian to to get pulled over and have them draw your blood. That seems like it, it do, or is that a violation of my rights? Do I have have the right to refuse a blood test? Well, the, you, you do have the right to refuse, and you absolutely can refuse that test. What the Colorado law says is that by driving in the state of Colorado, you've already consented to give either a breath test or a blood test if an officer th- thinks that they have probable cause to believe that you're under the influence of alcohol or drugs. So. If they establish what legally is considered to be probable cause, 
you know, if they think that they can smell the marijuana, if you admit to using marijuana, if your if your driving gives them any sort of indication that you might be under the influence of some sort of substance, uh, then they're going to say that they have probable cause to arrest you, and they're going to ask you, hey, do you want to take a blood test? You can say no, and if you say no, they're not going to force that blood test on you unless there's aggravating circumstances such as you're involved in an accident that causes a death or serious injury to someone else. Other than that, they're not going to force a test on you, so you do have the right to refuse. Now, is, gotcha. the, road, is the roadside sobriety, then, it's not an end-all? If I get pulled over and uh, they can smell you know, marijuana in my car because it's in a container, and regardless, let's say that container is stored properly in, in the trunk or the back seat area, um, you have a great article, by the way, guys, Jay does on his website there about, I think it's titled, Keep the Pot in Your Trunk. Um, and then basically, yeah, what, what do they, from a smell standpoint, do they, they can automatically go to blood test, or can I just, if I pass my roadside sobriety, it's okay? Well, you, can, you, you would hope that you can pass your roadside sobriety, but I'll tell you what. Um, if I'm sitting next to you in the car and an officer is asking you to do roadside tests, I'm telling you not to do them. I don't care if you're sober or not. Because under the stress of that environment, if they're asking you out of your car, walk a straight line, um, follow a pen, all these different things, you're going to be nervous. And based on the criteria that you're using, they might say that you failed even though you passed these tests. And there's no penalty for refusing these tests. The way I look at it, if an officer is asking you to get out of the car and do these tests, they're going to arrest you anyways. So why give them any more evidence than they're already gathering at that point? Excellent, excellent input. Thank you, Jay. And then so, has precedence been set here in Colorado that you're aware of or not? I mean, as far as, I mean, I, the, with the blood test, you know, if a person, I mean, we've discussed this on the show, the blood test isn't accurate. Plenty of people have uh -huh. proven that you can smoke uh -huh. the day before and you're going to pop that five nanogram limit, you know, days or day, you know, a long time after. Has anybody just strictly, sure. can you get that? So it's, it's is it this simple? I can just get that DUI. Um, well, let me back up. If I refuse that, as you suggested, the, uh, to get out and do the roadside sobriety at that point, mm -hmm. I'm assuming I'm going to be arrested. You're going to be arrested. And they're okay. still going to give you that option of taking the chemical test or not. Okay. And that's a decision that, you know, if you're taking a blood test, they can look for a lot of different things in your blood. Sure. They can look for marijuana. They can look for um, prescription medications. They can look for alcohol. They can look for all these different things. And we both know that the science is not out there to tell us, hey, look, if my blood test comes back and it says I'm at five nanograms or more of, of, of active THC metabolites in my body, what does that mean? Where's the paper? That, where's, the, where's the research? Where are the, the studies? Where's the peer-reviewed um, articles that tell us what that means. It's not out there. Oh, so are we so, still waiting for that case to happen to prove that that science isn't effective, for example? Well, the, 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 the problem is, is that the government now, under the new law that was passed last year, doesn't have to go in the court and prove that someone's impaired because the law does it for them. The law now says that if you take a blood test and if it's five nanograms or more of active THC, not not the inactive metabolite, but the active metabolite, the law says that you may be inferred to be under the influence of drugs. So before, this was passed last summer, and it took many, many years uh, because of the lack of science for the, for the legislature to do something, and instead of, of waiting for the accurate science to get out there, 
they just had a knee-jerk reaction that says, oh, now marijuana is going to be legal. We have to do something. We have to show these people that we're enforcing the DUI laws. They were fine the way they were before. You could still get a DUI for being under the influence of marijuana. had nothing to do with, with um, a five nanogram limit or anything like that. But before, the state would have to come in. They'd have to bring their toxicologist. They'd have to bring someone or they'd have to show that, look it, here are these levels. This is what these levels mean. Here's a scientist. Here's an expert who can tell us what these levels mean. They couldn't really do that because there's no scientific studies out there that tell us what these levels mean. That was a big problem. They were losing a lot of cases. They were giving offers on a lot of cases that um, were non-DUI or DWAI, like careless driving and reckless driving, because they were having trouble proving these cases. So then they said, well, we got to make a limit because with alcohol, we have a limit. So if you're over this limit, doesn't matter if you were driving perfectly, we can still say you're under the influence. And that's what this legislation and this new law is. It's not an automatic limit. So if, if someone's pulled over and they have a blood test of 10 nanograms, okay, the government can bring that in and the judge will tell the jury that you may infer if it's five nanograms or more that this person's under the influence. So the government doesn't have to bring in a toxicologist or they just have to look at the judge and say, well, it must be true if the judge is telling you that. So that's, that's the problem with this law. We're still fighting it. We're still arguing to juries that, you know, just because the law says you may infer it, you know, give us, give us, give us the science behind it. Well, if you refuse Show the blood where test, it is. what if you refuse the blood test? That's an automatic year suspension. Uh, if you if you refuse, you're gonna you you hopefully would hire a lawyer and challenge it so that you don't get that suspension or revocation, uh, and and you know give it your best shot not to. But if you do refuse, it is a year revocation of your driver's license. Uh, another new law that became active January 1st of this year will allow a person to get a restricted driver's license after two months of sitting on the sidelines as long as they have an ignition interlock device in their vehicle. Well, Jay, it doesn't okay. sound like there's any way. It sounds like as a, as a smoker and a consumer of cannabis, you've got you to spend a lot of money and prove your innocence and hope the jury goes along with it. Um, it, it does, and it's a very expensive proposition for people who are accused of this. Yeah, yeah. I think the best, some of the best practices of of not letting it get that far. Yeah, let's let's talk about that real quick, Scotty. Like you said, what sure. Jay, what do you recommend? Yeah, you're getting pulled over. How do you handle it? I got the first one. Don't get pulled over stinking like weed. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, look. I mean, if if an officer smells it, you're going to be under suspicion, and they can offer you a blood test. And you could have no drugs in your system. You're still going to get arrested, and it's going to take that blood test about two months to come back to exonerate you. So best practices, do everything you can do to keep it out of the car. And, and if, you, if, if you need to transport your weed, keep it in a sealed container that's vacuum-proof in the trunk so that if you get pulled over, it's not likely an officer is going to smell it. And if they do smell it, it's not near your person. We, we have a lot of cases where people get pulled over for drug driving, and there's a marijuana pipe in the center console with residue in it, with a lighter next to it, and a little container full of, of, of obviously plants. So um, that doesn't look good. That looks like someone was using in their car. Looks but like a lot of center trunk, councils in Colorado sometimes. Yeah. So if, if you... 
It's the same thing. I mean, it's 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 common sense. It's the same thing with alcohol. You know what I mean? If uh, if you get alcohol, you don't open it up and you keep it in the trunk, and and you shouldn't have any problems like that. If you get pulled over, roadside tests are not your friend. There's no punishment for refusing to do roadside testing. If you're in that predicament, you're probably going to be arrested anyways. Why give them more information? And the most the, the best piece of advice I can give anybody who's being accused or investigated for a crime, keep your mouth shut. I mean, there's no reason for you to try to explain your way out of it. I, if I'm playing cards with someone, I would much rather see what's in their deck or in their hand before I make my move. So if you're and being asked if you're a consumer of cannabis, just start right there with keeping your mouth shut? Don't answer the question. Say, I'm, I'm, I'm invoking my Fifth Amendment right. Gotcha. They can't even. They, they. A lot of times, they can't even use that that against you in court. That, that you're saying, look, it. You know, talk to my lawyer. Give them your name. Give them your address. Tell them who you are, and that's it. You don't need to give them any other information. It's all you're obligated to give. Awesome per- advice. Yeah, perfect. I like that a lot. So, I guess I guess we start with not giving them a leg to stand on, not giving them uh, reasonable suspicion to start searching your car with the smell. And then after that, just don't give them any, any additional help. Don't cooperate or help the police convict you. Give them no. what they need in, in, in the, in the, you know, legally what, what you need to give them, which is what, your name? Your name, your address, your date of birth, that's it. Your, give them your ID. And then let them know that you understand what Fifth Amendment rights yeah, are. If, that, that if they, if the they yeah, if they, if they tell you to get out of the car, you got to get out of the car. You know, you don't want to you don't want to get charged with obstruction or anything like that. Be courteous, be nice, because you might be on video and the jury might be looking at this in six months. But don't give them any information. I always tell my clients, look, it. We can always talk to them later. They'll always be willing to listen to you. But let me look at your case first to determine whether or not it's a good idea. Sure, and we can assume that you are on video if you're in a traffic incident, correct? You know, funny thing is around Colorado, it's about 40, 60, uh, 40%, 60% of the time they don't have video. Oh, wow. And uh, some of the agencies that, you know, may have more money, like Lone Tree and all that, they have video. Be quite, I wish all cars had video. A lot of times video helps us more than it helps them. Yeah, I bet. I mean, I'm sure on a, on a very low, you know, a, a low consumption case where the guy's right at the limit. Mm-hmm. Well, and, let me, uh, and they're going to tell you that your your client's stumbling getting out of the car, but you know who's who's to say he was or wasn't. Video would tell me that. Absolutely. We have got one more question for you here, Jay. We'll let you go. Your time is valuable. Um, is it? I won't say as simple as, but is it just going to be a case or two that will hopefully set precedents for people to to offset this five nanogram limit? I mean, it's been proved. For example, you know the the gentleman over at the Westward, William Breeze, was deemed safe to drive by uh, you know a, a doctor, um, and his nanogram limit was I don't know how high it was, but it was definitely over five, and he had not smoked in a day. So, is it going to be a case or two that we can prove in court that will change this nanogram limit, or what's the best way to try and get well, this changed? There's, there's two ways to go about it. Either the law is going to be uh, looked at to see if it's constitutional, and uh, a lot of and it might it might pass that. A lot of other states have had similar litigation and similar types of uh, similar types of laws. Um, the 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 real hope is is that the public gets educated on the science or lack of science. And if the public gets educated and the public says, 
you know what, you can't set these limits unless you have something to back them up, like, like essentially we have with alcohol. And if that happens, perhaps there's going to be a, a push to get better legislation out there, maybe try to change some of these, make them, uh, you know, get rid of them if there's no signs to back them up. All right, well, I hope I never have to consult with you, but if I do, you're, you're, you're my man. <laughs> I hear you guys. I hope not either, but... Yeah, I hear you. So hopefully, hopefully listeners out there get some good advice. And uh, you know what? Don't put yourself in that position in the first place. Right, and uh, usually everyone's happy. Yeah, tell us yeah. one more time the best way to find you guys and your firm. Sure. Uh, this is Tiff Fiction Law Firm. And uh, we're located online at DUI5280. And you can call us 303-DUI5280. Uh, if you don't have the letters on your phone, that's 303-384-5280. Yes, definitely a good guy to have on speed dial. He certainly answers the phone, man, and that's what you want in a lawyer. So thank yeah, you, Jay. Yeah, you guys got a lot of credentials here on your homepage. You know, best DOI lawyer, Law Week, Colorado, 7 News, 9 News, Super Lawyers. Too much to spit out right now, but I really appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. You too. Great All advice. Right. Thank you, Jay. All right. Take it easy. You're listening to The Dude Grow Show, coming straight out of Denver, Colorado, bringing you marijuana grow knowledge, news, and culture. Man, that was some good info there, Scotty. Yo, that was awesome. That, that was uh, just what I needed, man, you know? I think I'm going to have to go clean out my center console. <laughs> yeah, give me three seconds. I need to clean out my center console real quick, man. No worries. Man, guys, be careful. It sounds like us as, as smokers, I mean, or any type of cannabis user, you're going to be spending some serious money just to uh, prove that you can, yeah, once you pop that five nanogram limit, which I presume half of you listeners at least would, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, but that ain't the beef, man. It's being stupid and getting caught. That's what's going to cost you five grand. You know, you can be five nanograms over. Just make sure you thing use mouthwash or brush your teeth before you get in the car, so you don't be stanking like it. You know. Uh, seriously, I think uh, yeah, it gave me a, some some good insight on uh, where I will be storing herb, guys. Uh, check out his article. We'll definitely put it in the show notes. Um, and uh, he discusses basically keep your legal weed in the trunk was the title of it and goes over the laws, the specific laws that were passed here in Colorado about open containers, even talks about cars without trunks, where you should be keeping it, um, which is basically you have to keep it behind the last passenger seat. Um, and, you know, in my opinion, make sure, I mean, for sure, you mentioned it, Scotty, make sure shit's odor proof, guys. Yeah, that's where we got into these odor-proof storage bags. We've been using them for years. We're sharing with our, our, our people now, but these things were definitely out to keep the odor in. I mean, absolutely, man. That makes a big problem when you walk down the street stanking. Yeah, and I know some people, you know, have no problem. They've been burning cannabis for decades, and they have no problem having a little bit of herb to, to you know, whatever it is, helping their day, and they can get behind the wheel and function 110% perfect. Just make sure you separate the two. If you're going to smoke... Do it. I'm not saying. I was gonna say, do it before you drive. I don't know exactly how to <laughs> how to put this, but don't do it in your car while you're driving. How about that? <laughs> Just don't get caught, man. Just don't get caught. You know, definitely. All I can tell you, don't, don't, and don't leave a, a big opening for these guys where your car's just reeking like weed, or there's a pipe right in the center console when you go to grab your license and insurance. Don't give them an inch, man. He, this guy was saying, the lawyer was saying, you know, 
the cops need to know your name and your address, I believe. Yeah, maybe think about those 420 pot leaf stickers as well that are on your bumper. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my <laughs> yeah, God. I've never rolled any of those. I mean, I've been tempted. I think the closest I got was like a Cypress Hill sticker, but I figure, you know, most, most popo ain't going to know what's up with Cypress. No, how would they? <laughs> anyway, all right, guys. Well, um, I'm, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, again, that was Jay. Um, I think it's DUI5280.com. Yep, 303-DUI5280 if you need them in a pinch. Yeah, we'll put a banner up on the pages. Scott will tweet it out. You'll tweet it out. I'll I'll get tweeting, man. Yeah, but that guy was full-on cool, man. He seemed to know the game, and, you know, he he understands. Some of these DUI lawyers, all they see all day long is people getting railroaded, you know? guy that had two beers and, and walked to his car and had the cops follow him or the guy that has residual marijuana. Oh, you um, talk about railroaded, Scotty. Just like Jay said, once they once they get your blood, they can look for everything. So I'm telling you, if you have alcohol, maybe some opiates or some people out there that abuse or abuse prescription pills, etc., when you go in front of that judge and they know all of that, they're going to definitely think more of a problem that you have, and then you're going to have to be, you know, getting tested for everything for months. I know a kid that got pulled over two beers. He blew below .8, which is some other form of DUI, and then since he had weed in his blood, they started testing him for that, and it had nothing at all to do with his traffic incident. I think he was going like five over. It was just a random stop. So, yeah, don't give him the info and be very careful, man. Nobody wants to spend that kind of money on that bullshit. Yeah, refuse sobriety t- roadside sobriety test. Refuse yeah, that was them. interesting. I always yep. thought I'd be like the proud, you know, high guy. Like, fuck your roadside sobriety. I got this shit, man. Yeah. It's got a good point, man. You get kind of nervous, and who knows what's gonna happen. Yep, absolutely refuse. You refuse every test they give you. Give them your name, and that's about it, man. Let them work for it. Do not cooperate with them. Yep. If you have any troubles now, call them, guys. Three zero three DUI. 5280, um, and you know what? Like I said, the Dude Grows Show, you know, puts things out that we believe in. I called Jay up. He answered the phone and gave us plenty of time and super cool guy. So give him some support as he's given us great knowledge to uh, not get in, get in a bunch of trouble. I will say we hope you never need to give him support. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> We're, nice to know somebody, that's for sure. Scotty, let's take a break, and uh, we'll come back, guys. A bunch of grow talk coming up, as always. Questions off the YouTube channel. Scotty's got questions. Um, we're going to keep some interesting interviews coming into the show. Everything's over at DudeGrows.com. Real growers, what do you got? Actually, you had some degree of separation. Are you done with your 420 Grow Lab yet? Yeah, uh, yeah it's working. 420GrowLab.com. Hell yeah. Just a, a weed section of real growers, man. I know, like you said, you had those, uh, Scotty has, uh, you know, you sell to bamboo growers and other, some people in agriculture, and they're kind of, we're getting a little confused seeing you (laughs) with a a bushel of weed over your shoulder, so 420 Grow Lab. I was still getting orders, man. Some of them folks (laughs) folks are troopers, man. They're absolute troopers. Hell yeah, guys. We'll be right back. Dude Grows Show. This is Dude Grows, and who are you? Scotty Real. Scotty Real into his ass. Be back in a minute. All right. My eyes are pumping blood right now. Pumping blood. Yeah. What happened with your eyes? You stick something in your eye. No, they pumping blood because I smoked too much weed and I drank too much last night. They're pumping. They're like, sure? pumping like my heart. I can feel my heart beat through my eyes. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's crazy, man. Isn't that crazy? I got to smoke up again. Yeah, you probably should. I'm going to smoke up again because that'll, that'll fix that problem right there. Ain't going to have that problem no more if you know what I'm saying. Dope. You know what I'm saying? Dope. 
I like dope. I know you like dope. You like to smoke dope. I like smoke dope. I like smoke chiba. I think every single day you wake up, you smoke. I like to smoke the ganja. I like to smoke the marijuana. How much dope do you think you smoke? I say I go about pound a day. Pound a day. Yeah, that's a lot. It's not a lot when you grow young. Yeah, it's not a lot. It's not a lot. I mean, I got a whole, I got a whole warehouse full of that shit. Right. That's why. How do you think I got this job? You think that your weight problem has something to do with all the dope that you're smoking? I mean, 475 pounds, and you don't have any other skills but verbal. Do you think that's a recipe for uh, for death, my man? I don't think it's a recipe for death. I think it's a recipe for life. I got, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm healthy. Well, yeah, you might, your brain might be healthy. My brain healthy. My right. my body healthy. Right. It's all good. Look yeah. at me. That's what I'm trying to say. You don't have no skills but verbal. Right. All right, guys, let's get into the uh, hot grow talk. As I said, I just reloaded my my bowl here. Should keep it interesting. Um, <laughs> you like? You why don't you handle question number one here, Scotty? You got that one in front of you. What do we got? Give me two. Sorry, let me let me well, scroll let me tell, up here. Let me tell the growers guys these questions. You want to you know get your question on the show? We love it. Um, multiple ways. You could always email dudegrows at gmail. You could hit it up on the YouTube channel. Go to dudegrows.com. Get a hold of Scotty over at 420 Grow Lab. Multiple channels. Send a question over, and uh, yeah, usually we can get them up here. All right. So first question: uh, What causes stems and leaf petioles to turn purple? Uh, stems are not normally purple. Uh, so that, to me, anytime I see something like that, I'm thinking magnesium deficiency. Now they're talking the stem going from the uh, leaf back to the actual stalk. We'll call it of the plant. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, I, like I said, I'm, anytime I, I see that, I'm thinking uh, magnesium deficiency. You know, like sometimes it could be the the strain as well, but you can usually correct that even with something as simple as some Epsom salts or some CalMag. Yeah, and you know, pick pick your choice out there, guys. There's plenty of good CalMags. Like I've said before in the show, I'm always watering in CalMag at pretty much a teaspoon per gallon, unless you're dealing with some concentrated product. But most products. In our industry, off the shelf, about a teaspoon per gallon all the time. Usually, it's not too much to do an overdose of CalMag, and if you feel it's a little much, you might maybe cut it in half or every other watering. But yeah, and like you said, genetics though. Sometimes people have a completely healthy plant, and uh, you know they got some of that purple coloring in their leaf petioles, uh, but it's not an issue. If your plant looks totally healthy, I wouldn't sweat it, man. There's different traits that I've seen this before in a healthy plant as well. Yeah, but you know, can't hurt by incorporating CalMag into your nutrient program. I mean, calcium is super important. I'll say calcium and magnesium are super important. They're they're macronutrients, oh, yeah. in my opinion. You know. Yeah, and most base nutrients have one form or another of CalMag. But yeah, you should always. It never hurts. We'll say to uh, be adding a little bit more. Typically, it's going to be kind of hard. I haven't had a situation where I did an overage of CalMag per se. So, and then this gentleman, he's spraying this the pre-kelp, which is a form of kelp. It's got like three kelps in it. Uh, he asked, what, if you spray it throughout flower, and this is where it gets debatable for people, right? Some people flip the lights to 12-12 and say, I'm not touching my plant with any spray. I mean, you can certainly uh, foliar feed uh, a good kelp extract. Like, And, and super kelp's not really kelp so much as it's the biostimulants extracted from it. That's what makes it cool. Um 
I like that product, and I like spraying it. I spray it from week three of vegetative in the week three or four of flowering. Yeah, me as well, guys. I've even sprayed things in week five of flowering. I'm I'm not that fearful as long as your humidity is in check in your flowering rooms. Um, it's not really typically going to cause bud rot or ruin your flowers or anything. You know, got to remember these plants come from nature, and it rains outside, and there's some great herb that comes from outside that's been rained on. I guarantee it. Good point, it. dude. Good point. So I wouldn't sweat it, man. I, I Some products even I could take into the fifth week. Like I said, I love spraying kelps on the plant. You see results. The plants love it. So, um, yeah, take it up to the fourth week and play with the fifth week if you'd, if you'd like to do that as well. So I'm a fan, and you should see results within a light cycle, man. Definitely. Yeah, and I mean, you get things like you get more increased trichome production. Uh, you know, you can really see the difference if you foliar. You also get just a great bright green color because you know you got all all the nutrients going into the leaf directly. Yes, yes. All right, let's talk. Uh, this one might take just a minute here. Number two here, actually, uh, actually, I found this question, guys, and uh, on a forum, a Colorado grower forum. And I wanted to chime in and help this grower out. He says, I'm taking advice on completing my first harvest, if anyone has a recommendation. As of now, I plan to, one, cut and hang dry for 24 hours in a clone box. I can put it, I can put in my window for fresh air and total exhaust. Should I be concerned about temp? I know humidity will be practically zero. And number two, trim and cure in mason jars. How often should I burp the jars? I feel pretty confident this should work fine, but I wanted some input from more experienced than myself. Hey, I'm glad he's confident. That's awesome. <laughs> what What is uh, a clone box, man? That's what I'm kind of curious, man. I think uh, he's actually going to use let, – let's just say it's probably some type of smaller Rubbermaid-type plastic container or something. Oh, yikes. Um, I don't like yeah. that, man. Uh, yeah, and I could tell him what – what I do, and I think this gentleman might not have options to really have a whole, he's an apartment and doesn't have a lot of area, a lot of space, or doesn't want odor getting out. Um, really, I mean, a closet is your best bet if you don't have any other options. Heck yeah. And you want to hang as much as funny. You know, I had my, my wife help me trim the other night, and she started just trimming the flowers and then cutting them right off the stalk. Before I knew it, I looked over and there were, you know, a pile of flowers. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I like to keep as much flowers oh, yeah, on the stalk as possible. Um, like I said earlier, we did just trim up uh, Scotty, myself, and another friend. Um, I'm like, this will be cool. Let's trim this plant up but not cut it anywhere. So it's basically the plant's naked without leaves and pure bud. So I'll, I'll take a picture or a video of that and throw it up for you guys. But keep as much flower material as you can on the stalks. And hang that up. I, you know, I'm not super scientific about it, but I believe that the flowers then in turn take the moisture out of the stalk as well. It's of course. just a, yeah. a great way to help it dry properly. Now, I don't call this the curing stage. I call drying and curing different, don't you think? Hell yeah, man. Yeah. They are completely different. Exactly. But this is slow drying is, is, is what you want to try to – I mean it, it is what you want to go for. If you are in Colorado and it's 0% humidity or, or 9% humidity, you can crisp that bitch up in three or four days. If you cut those all, all those buds off the stem – and then leave them out. Yeah, three or four days, they're going to be crispy. And I can tell you now, in a room, exactly, again, in Colorado, in a room that is cool, probably runs a max temp of, a, it fluctuates between, let's say, 60 and 65, and it is really dry in there. I hang my plants up for 
at least five days, seven days at the longest if there's some bigger flowers on there. And what you guys want to do is wait till you grab a stem like the size, the diameter of a pencil or smaller. And when that you bend that stem and it snaps, you're ready. Now the flowers, it's tricky. The flowers will feel dry before that. I've done this mistake where I'm like, dude, this stem's not snapping, but these these flowers are dry. No way. Jarred them up and shit, man. Then I they got really moist, you know, within the first 18, 12 hour cycle there in the jar. So you want to be patient, guys. I think that's the best tip, don't you? Just wait till the stems snap. Yeah, I mean, sometimes if if you wait till they're just brittle, brittle, it might be too late. I mean, no, yeah, yeah not brittle, brittle. I mean, yeah, good point. Like breaking, we'll say you don't have to snap like a toothpick. Like once they start breaking, pretty good when you bend them. Yeah, I mean, the idea behind curing is to leave a little bit of moisture in the weed and then to burp that moisture out slowly. Um, so you need some kind of moisture in in the weed, you know, left in the weed to do that. So. Yeah, be careful. You want when you when you're getting that last little bit of moisture out. What I like to do is I'll dry it for you know we're growing big big plants with big buds. We leave it on the stem, five I'd say seven days. Seven days is is, is getting up there. I'd say on day five I'm pulling it off the stem and then I'm putting my finishing touches on it by laying it out. Maybe putting it in a, a box or even even at the last little bit. What the hell was that, man? That was me blowing my bowl head out right on the mic, apparently. Yeah, I, I can go from hanging on the stem, and then once I'm thinking that, you know, you feel it is kind of, it feels like you could smoke it. And I love to do the roll a joint test, you know. I'll go in there and pull a butt out, grind it up, and try to smoke a joint out of it. If it goes out, then it's way too wet, you know. But when I can smoke in a joint, that's when you got to start kind of playing with it. And, uh, yeah, so maybe I'll take it and start, you know, it takes a day or so to cut a decent amount of, uh, of butt off the stem anyhow and clean it. So I'll do that. I'll put it in a cardboard box, maybe a nice big box. A box is real forgiving because the moisture can suck into the box, and uh, but it, it doesn't get crispy dry. So I can put my finishing touches on it there. Even at the end, I'll put it in like a five-gallon bucket or even just start burping bags. Yeah, be careful. Make sure whatever. I mean, for me, I'm going from the stem to the jar, guys. And when I hang it up, I have already removed, you know, 90% plus of leaf material that I'm going to be dealing with. I might do some critiquing before I jar it. Um, Some people don't mind. They say the best cure they got or dry was hanging the complete plant up with all the leaves and then letting the leaves dry so in turn you know the bud's even taking more moisture out but i find that to that's be a what pain i in the ass to trim though no no that's what i do and i find it to be way better to trim dry leaves fall off real easy the leaf tips break real easy and fall off so if those leaves are crispy dry after five or six days yeah, you can just sometimes touch them with the top of your scissors and they'll break off. Yeah, and the, the bud is still moist. And then, like I say, you, you want to get it to where there's still a little bit of moisture in there. Yeah, think about scissors gumming up also. When it's wet, uh, scissors gum up like crazy. But when when the plants are somewhat dry, yeah, it's a lot easier to manage all that. Debatable point, debatable point. But, yeah, uh, either way, um, before it goes in the jar, you're going to have all the leaf material off you know, that you can get to without, don't, don't worry about it. If you guys leave some sugar leaf in there, it's going to smoke just as good as the flower. Some people get a little stressed saying, I didn't, you know, I'm not getting enough leaf off, but, uh, yeah, it's going to shrink up and it's going to be, make the, 
bud, more beautiful, etc. Yeah, if it's um, coated in sugar, I'm I'm not jumping it to, to <laughs> it off, you know. Yeah, and he mentioned, like you said, it wasn't too clear that something about the clone box, and then he talks about fresh air and total exhaust. I did want to mention uh, for me guys, I don't have I have zero air movement in the room that my flowers are hung up to dry. It's very as well. Me Very well. dry in there. I've done it before where a little bit of air movement hit, and uh, you had that – it dried too quick, and I think mm-hmm. that's what caused that real nasty, like, chlorophyll hay type. Just it was too quick of a dry, to, you know, and you get a bad taste, and it can really, you know, screw up what a lot of effort was put into for four months, five months. So Heck yeah. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't have any circulation in mine. I just use a, a, a closet. I close the door. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll leave the door open the first couple of days, but then about day three, once all the you know really heavy moisture is gone, I'll actually close the door and seal it up because I'm in Colorado. Instead of it being 9 or 10% humidity with all the plants in there, it maintains about 50% humidity, and I'll do that for the next you know four or five days for a total of about, uh, what, five or six days, uh, maybe seven at the most, depending on if I've got big monster buds, and uh, that's a great drying method. Definitely. What would you say? What humidity? You know, the best humidity parameters I would say would probably be thirty-five percent or less. I guess you can still hang dry at fifty percent, but it's really uh-huh. going to slow you down. What are you Lo- thinking? I'm loving fifty percent. I, I do fifty percent of my quality. It tastes the, the flavor's great. It takes about five to seven days uh, to to dry it at fifty percent. But I mean that that's about where I want to be. I don't want to yeah. have it. Three way, three day dry. That's that's too I fast. Agree. It is too fast. It's going to affect your connoisseurish type of buds. Um, straight man. That's what it's coming to these days. Burp in the jars and stuff. Uh, at least in the beginning, once a day. Now a burp to me is um, just you know I take it off for enough to waft the lid over it for a couple seconds and done. Um, you know in the beginning I probably do it sometimes. Two times a day, maybe three times a day at the most, and then I kind of get it down to where you're burping the jars. Once you've got the product you want, which you can tell by touch, as well as how it's smoke and how you know you grab a little piece and it breaks off and it's not all crumbly and totally dry. You don't want to get to that point. Right when it's nice and breaking off, you don't really need to burp it anymore. In fact, you want to hold, you know, hold it where it's at. Sure. A good tip I heard on another show, somebody uh, and from other growers, is use a leaf. If you guys want to add some more humidity, get a fresh, you know, marijuana leaf off your plants out of a grow. Don't use a part of a banana peel or whatever, a piece of broccoli or. Oh, you scrap, can use a carrot. It works just as good. Just grab a leaf, you know, take it from the plants and give it back to the plants. And I've done that, and that works okay as well. But sure, lettuce mainly, works really good. You know what I mean? But it, <laughs> nah, I mean, for, but, up in there. Yeah, but for real, I mean, I've definitely taken swag. You know what I mean? To have gone and trimmed a couple plants in vegetative and taken that and uh, put it in there. But moisture is moisture. All you're doing is taking moisture from from something with higher moisture level. As long as it's odor free moisture. Transferring it to something with lower moisture level. So you can take a carrot, and I mean, it, it's important because. You need some kind of moisture in that weed. If you, if you let it crisp dry in a closet for an extra couple of days, sometimes it is hard to get to trim and all that shit you know, by the time it dries. So if it's in a closet and it, and it dries up, man, you might need to put it in a five-gallon bucket and then take a, a head of lettuce and put it in there or a couple of carrots. And, you know, those baby carrots work real good and moisten it back up again so then, so then at least you have the opportunity to cure it. You can't curing is is playing with the last little bit of moisture to get great flavor, and you can't do that 
if you know it's a controlled release of the last little bit of moisture and it affects the flavor uh you can't do that with no moisture so no you got to be around constantly you know visiting and checking guys i screwed up once and i had to uh take down some outdoor and you know time just perfect with going uh, on a family trip uh out to california and sure enough you know, I was like, it's almost, I'm pretty sure it'll get by without, you know, four days without a burp. I think I'm just about there, but nope, I got some, uh, I guess you'd call it bud rot. It was like white, dusty shit up in there. I lost about a QP, nothing, you know, horrible, horrible, but it, that was just due to leaving it alone too long. You want to be checking it out multiple times a day real quick and make sure you don't do the stoner move where you uh, leave it open. You're like, ooh, this looks good, and you smoke a little weed and look at it, and then your phone rings and you walk out of the room and you left your curing container open. That's not going to help you out at all, especially in no. Colorado. It, like, dries out that night. Yeah, but you can leave it open for a couple minutes, though, not a big deal. No, definitely not a big deal, not a big deal, but I've done it before, you know, having a party or whatever, and you leave that container open all night. It's still great bud, but it's just really dry. Yeah, man, crispy dry bud is a little bit of a bummer. It does lose uh, lose its flavor, you know? Um. All right, let's see. Oh, yeah, I like this one. Let's do question number three here. The last one for today, since we had that awesome interview earlier. When is the best time to get ready for outdoor growing here in Colorado? And would you start from seed or cut? So, you know, I'm going to answer this as the Denver area. You know, Colorado has a lot of different areas. I wouldn't even be trying too much to grow up high myself. It's the weather so, you know, it could freeze out real early. It could be real nice and then freeze, etc. So, you know, here in the front range and actually anywhere, right? I mean, we're getting ready for spring. As indoor gardeners, if you're growing outdoors, it's time to start getting ready now. Sure. Um, for me, I'm actually... Uh, this season, I, I'm uh, probably almost a little bit behind, but I'm going to start some a couple feminized seeds and then also go with a couple cuts. I, I think there's something to say for starting a seed where it's like being born where you're going to die, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. It's like it started here. It's, you know, kind of – I'm not going to say it's, you know, acclimated to my neighborhood, but uh, – I think it does a little better with the the climate here. And then once we get into April, I mean, even in early April, I start putting my plants out in containers and then pulling them in at night just so they can get that natural sun. Are you going to have a go this year, you think, Scotty? Any outdoor growing? I definitely am. I've got some autoflower seeds that I think I'm going to have to have some fun with. I figured I'd, I'd pop them. Yes, I, I want to hear your feedback. Do that. Yeah, I figured I'd pop them in March, you know, get them out. Maybe maybe I'd have to wait till April. It can get cold. Uh, in April here now. My vote would be plant those seeds indoors in a 15 to 20 gallon container. And then, because, you know, I heard that the, the transplant can really make them fussy. I think you had a grower telling you that. Yeah, they don't like the transplant, I'm told. And then the bigger, you want to get them as big as you can before the roots get, you know, hitting the sidewalls of the container because I believe that also tells them to flower a little in their genetic makeup. But, um, man, I'm down. I, I really am after that auto flower, like I said, that will grow at least six feet tall. Sure. So, and I'm sure that, you know, it's amazing what these breeders are doing these days. I'm sure they'll come out with that as well. Um, but, yeah, start now, guys. Seeds start now, even if you have a cut. No harm in April here putting out a cut that, you know, putting out a 5 to 10 gal container with a plant that's already 4 foot tall. The only thing to keep in mind, now this is to my knowledge, in Colorado you need to have your plants out of sight. Can't do it in your front yard, um, you know, for your neighbors to see. Basically, if they're out of sight behind a locked gate or fenced area, 
uh, that's enough, I believe, to be within the what the law is allowing us in Colorado. Now, keep in mind, it's going to stink. <laughs> I can tell yeah. you, I could tell you, uh, I could be four houses down at the right time of the year when the wind's right, and you can smell my backyard. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's great. Nothing's better than growing outdoors. And, you know, sometimes you guys just off of three plants, you can get a harvest in the fall that's going to last you all winter and into the next spring. And that's great. That's what you're after for growing your own. Then you didn't even have to use any damn grow lights. You know, you didn't have to freaking spend money on all that stuff for indoors. And it's, I won't say it's a ton easier because there are a lot of stresses outdoors. But, man, they, they perform, baby. You can grow those trees. Heck, yeah. You ain't kidding. Uh, I'd, be, I'd be excited for that. I've, I've heard some stories about, uh, you know, trees the size of uh, washing machines, you know, really big monsters out there. Definitely. And i I got to give one more tip here before we uh, – we'll take a break and get ready to put this show in the bag. But uh, growing outdoors in the front range, guys, it's happened to me twice already. There is – hail can roll off through here like mad. Oh, uh, hell no. Yeah, hell no. I see what and, I did there. Dear God, luckily I was home one time and I was able to save six plants. I had huge patio umbrellas on the side of my house ready to go with staking, and it actually worked out pretty awesome. I wish I had a video of it, but I was getting pelted by hail, supporting two umbrellas, one in each arm. But man, <laughs> That's my why plans, you are the dude, man. My Absolutely. plans came through, um, and we're going to get talk uh, some more about the outdoor growing as we go through the, the process, this year I'm building some hail cages. I'm actually going to be protecting my plants from the hail. Even if I'm not around, basically going to be like a wire mesh that allows the light through. But if it hails, it's going to shred that fucking hail. Nothing's worse, man. If you get a garden devastated by hail, it will ruin your week, at least. So, God, you ain't kidding. Um, yeah, keep all that in mind uh, for growing outdoors. We'll, we'll be talking a lot more about that. Like I said, the season's coming. This will only be my third year growing outdoors, and I get really excited about it, man. It's one of my favorite ways to grow. Um, well, yeah, let's, uh, man, take uh, one quick break here, and we're going to come back put this show in the bag, guys. Episode 16, you're listening to the Dude Grow Show. We'll be back in just a minute. Yeah, let's do it. guys episode 16 here um definitely thanks over there to jay 
with the DUI5280.com, the Denver attorney. Man, his site is really informative, Scotty, too. You should check it out. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, uh, I, I, I did appreciate that conversation, man. Good, good hookup there, dude. We learned a lot with Homeboy. Yep, check out his site, guys. I'll put the video link, uh, Keep the Legal Weed in Your Trunk is what it's titled. A lot of good information to keep people safe, literally this time, not just in a mental state safe. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, next show we got coming up, I think next show we're going to get that interview, guys. We found some cool products out there. We're going to be focusing on some of uh, the tricantinol and new fish and seaweed, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've hooked up with a guy that's making a nice fish and seaweed a manufacturer right in california as well as uh we found the the, the source of tricantinol so we've got a, a a real good tricantinol product we're going to review for you and, and get the lowdown on yeah we'll be bringing in more stuff guys on nutrients we'll tell you both more what i'm using what scotty's using and um yeah, have like some nutrient packs, whatever you can see. I'm always using like five different companies, but uh, it'll be cool. That way, you know, we can get you guys growing like how we grow. If you if you would like, that is. No pressure there, but I guarantee you, you'll see performance increase. Yes, <laughs> performance and man. quality. Um, I'm hitting my weights, and I'm real happy with the quality, so I can't complain. No, me neither, me neither. If you guys want to show some love, you can always go over to DudeGrows.com, hook up some all mesh bubble bags, you know, support the people that give us a little support. Hook it up with any of the way to grows in town. Sure, or go check out the uh, 420 Grow Lab, 420growlab.com. Definitely, you guys are going to see us pushing a little bit more products here again that we use and believe in. That's the only reason I'm going to push a product. And a few are coming, man, and it's going to be a good push, an educational push. I will have to change the word push, I guess, because, you know, that makes it sound a little... A little bit like salesman-ish, I guess. Uh, we're just going to make the shit that we use available to everybody. There you go. There you go. All that being said, we'll put it in the bag, Scotty. Thanks, guys, for listening. Keep listening. We're going to keep coming. And, uh, yeah, go out there. Be safe. Growing your own. Hell yeah, man. Get out, get out there and have some fun, by the way, though, man. All right. Later, later, later. Say later to your little, your little rat dog. <laughs> rat dog's on the patrol, man. So tell me it's time to relax. Peace out, guys. Adios. Hey guys, remember that there's plenty more great grow knowledge over at DudeGrows.com. So go check out all of our news, videos, and latest articles about growing great weed without all the bullshit. And remember, it's donations from listeners like you that keep the real deal marijuana grow knowledge coming at ya. So visit DudeGrows.com and be the DGC.